You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 329. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the bookkeeping software I am always raving about and telling you how much I love it because I have been using it for so long, and it is truly one of my very favorite apps that I use for my business. If you're a creative or small business owner and you want to love your bookkeeping as much as all the other creative and fun things that you do to help in the world, this is the thing I'd recommend you try. It is beautiful and intuitive, and it's been really fun to see you guys in the comment section on Instagram sharing that you're loving it as well. If you want to give it a shot for free for 30 days, head over to freshbooks.com lively, and then in the how did you hear about us section, enter the code the lively show to let them know that you found it through the show. But again, just try it out. I'll always say they got me in the moment when I loaded my logo that they took the colors and they extrapolated it into the back end so that when I logged in, I actually felt like I was in my very own company's space. Now let's move on. Today, we're having another Flow Diaries episode for you. This one is all about the business side of things. So as you guys heard in, I think it was last week's episode about why I decided to flow from the uh, Cape Town experience into the Bali experience. We had the collective last week, but before that, the week before that one is when I shared the flow diaries. Well, today we're doing another one, only it's business topic this time. And this is really exciting because it's the first time I'm sharing this publicly with you guys. And it's still evolving. It's still unfolding. But I think it might even be more interesting to hear as it's actually still in real time playing out. For those that are wondering what is the Flow Diaries, the Flow Diaries is just a cute little name I'm using for a little series that I'm doing here and there to show what a normal person living in this frequency of all the channeled work that we've shared here on the show and all that stuff to actually see a normal person applying it. It's wonderful to learn about people like Eckhart Tolle or Michael Singer from the book, The Surrender Experiment, which is really the inspiration for this. Michael Singer's life in The Surrender Experiment has been so powerful to see what unfolded when he got out outside of his mind and he allowed things to happen. And that's kind of what I'm doing for you here, but I'm doing it as a woman that's 35, that's single, traveling in a suitcase, apparently still. (laughs) Even though the mind, just like Michael Singer's, would prefer it to be otherwise throughout his own journey, mine feels the same, but yet I allow and surrender and flow anyways. So here's an example that's unfolding in real time, but it's on the business and professional side. And that might be something that's really interesting to you guys. If you have something like a career or maybe your own company yourself that you're curious about, how does this work here on Team Lively? There's a whole new chapter unfolding and I'm gonna give you guys the example of the flow and the surrender that came from following alignment in the past year or so. Actually, it's really almost a solid year, this whole experience. So let's get into it. So basically, I'm not even gonna tell you what is now unfolding. I'm going to give you the play-by-play as it happened because one year ago, I had no idea what was occurring. So actually, I'm gonna keep you guys a little bit in the dark in the sense of what the actual punchline of this is, what this is all building to. I'm gonna allow you guys to experience it with me in more of the way that I experienced it myself as situations flowed from one to the next to the next. Okay, the story begins basically last year. 
And actually, it depends on how back, back, back I want to go. But all right, this is also, you guys will love it. It's a little, you know, personal insight into my life that was during the whole silent period of the show and why I didn't feel like sharing publicly. Well, I'll go into a little bit of what unfolded in that silent period and even what created the silence in the first place. And if I go into that, guys, then I got to go all the way. Okay, so this is, <laughs> all right, we're going to go far back. This is further than I was planning, but it gives you all the context that I think is relevant to this story. So you guys are getting the real, <laughs> is it like sipping tea or something? Is that the word for gossip or the, the real deal or whatever? I'm going to tell you guys, I'm not that hip when it comes to the lingo. I think something about tea is happening or I don't know. Okay, so you guys may recall an episode about a year I don't even know how long ago, 17 lifetimes ago in my life. Remember when I bought a house in Detroit? Let's go back to that moment. Whenever that was, that was like seven years ago. No, it was actually it was like the end of 2018. So I bought the house in Detroit on my way to London, thinking I left Sydney, thought I was going to go to London and get a visa. And on the way to London, decided or flowed into buying a penthouse in Detroit instead. So I got that. And then I did an episode for you guys about a guy that I met who, well, actually I'd known him since college, but we had reconnected in this whole unfolding in the Detroit thing. And then we're together for about really like intensely together for about six weeks. And we were planning our lives together, basically. So I thought it was cool and safe to share him with you guys here on the show, only to discover that like the day before the show even aired, this is all the details, the day before the show even aired, we had a discussion that was a point of difference in terms of what we were looking for in the future. That ended up, we were like, oh, this may be like a deal breaker for us. So we separated on that topic, but I didn't really think it would happen. I didn't really think it was going to end. So I let the show air anyways, and you guys all found out about him. But we really did break up. We really did not continue. And so after that, that was so shocking to me in the sense that I felt really excited to share him with you and that, that it didn't work out. It was quite an interesting experience. Let's just say that. And then Detroit unfolded and I'm sitting there now, single in Detroit, living in the winter. I'm on the way to some conferences in Hawaii that winter that I was living in Detroit. And as I was going to this Hawaii conference, I was thinking about how I miss Sydney and how I miss the weather and just everything about Australia. And so I was with my hairdresser one day in Detroit getting my hair done. And I told her, you know, I'm thinking it's pretty close to Australia from Hawaii and the time zone's rather similar to adjust. There's not a lot of jet lag. And she goes, I have a feeling you're going to do that. And the way she said it, she was a sweet girl, but she was by no means Nostradamus. But the way she said it was so profound that I looked up at her and I said, I think I am going to go just from the way that you said that. I just, she was the sign I needed. The way she said it, it made me kind of take notice. So I surrendered to that, went home, bought the ticket, was super excited. So then I go to the Hawaii conference and on the way or after that, I go to Sydney. As I'm in Sydney, just having fun, enjoying my also home, just enjoying everything that I loved about Sydney and reminiscing about everything and seeing old friends. I meet a guy and this time it goes really well, but he wants me to come back to Sydney and see where it could go. But I've now just bought a house in Michigan and I've just been there on a holiday for a few weeks, not really planning on relocating back to Australia four months after purchasing the first place. But 
it was a great connection and it felt right, even though my mind was terrified to go because it didn't want it to not work out. And then I would have relocated my entire life from Australia to Detroit only to come back to Australia for it not to work out. Like, honestly, that was probably my biggest fear. As you guys know, I'm really excited about death. That's not a fear of mine. That's an exciting transition to me. So that kind of thing, cool with. But my ego was so terrified in it, like obviously an immature an unrational way of going back to Australia and having it not work out. But law of attraction is a powerful beast, man. So I go back, but I have all this fear while being with this new person that it won't work out. And it was a really great connection, but my fear would not go away. And in the process of actually facing all of those fears, tons of what I call emotional beanbags, quote unquote, Eckhart calls it the pain body, tons of old things around relationship surface and come to the surface. And I'm aware enough to know that they're just old fears coming up of worthiness, deservingness, all this stuff is coming up, bubbling forth for me to release and see and release and release and release and release. And I am here after this. The reason I told you the whole Detroit guy story is because here I am in Sydney four months later in kind of a similar-ish scenario. And I did not feel like explaining myself to you guys. I did not know where my life was going. I didn't know if I would stay in Sydney. I didn't know if this guy was going to work out. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. So I just dropped the mic and did nothing. As you guys know, I dropped the mic. You don't know why, but that's what was going on. And I just also at the same time felt like the realization was very heavily in my awareness that everyone is creating their own reality and everyone will have at some point in their journey. And I don't know that that will be in the same lifetime possibly not at all in the same lifetimes, but at some point in the evolution of every point of consciousness, realization or enlightenment will occur within the individual. So just lively as the teacher she knew herself to be was not necessary in anyone's journey. So me stepping back from the show, for example, wasn't going to mean that you guys weren't going to be progressing in your journeys in yourselves because you're all sovereign beings. So you didn't quote unquote need me. (laughs) And I did not feel like I had anything really worthwhile to share. And meanwhile, I think there was a gift in that. I had so many emotional beanbags coming up to be cleared and released around this deserving and worthiness that it was almost like a full-time job. I was all in to just the awareness and that experience as it was. So I dropped the mic. But that just kind of left me with a ton of time on my hands while I was in Sydney. So what was I going to do? I mean, I can't meditate all day. That would just be really boring to me. So I decided to find something to do with my time that wasn't focused on the show or classes or teaching and that kind of thing that I used to do. So I started doing one-on-one sessions. And in those original sessions, I just did them because it was a nice little extra cash flow, but it also was just something to do when I felt like doing them. I would post on Instagram stories, hey, you guys, I've got a few you know, maybe one, two a week, sometimes up to about eight sessions offered, and people would book them. And that's what I would do. So I'd have two to four hours a few days a week to go to a WeWork and actually do something with you guys. And many of you guys have done that. I think there's been over 100 people that have, but not quite 200. So like, I think it's around 120, 125 people over this last course of this last year have done those sessions with me. In the first version and iteration of the sessions, I was because I was in my own journey releasing and purging and releasing and purging those emotional beanbags. I was also attracting and working with people that were going through the same 
experience. And one of the gifts of the guy that I met in Sydney was that he had done his own emotional beanbag work and some meditation retreats himself. So he was familiar with the whole process. But at the same time, he wasn't releasing in the most insane way that I was going through. He's kind of probably watching me implode from the insides going, whoa, what is up with this girl? And I had no idea what was in me either. What's so interesting is I'm not sure, the only way I can kind of describe it, whether this is accurate or not, I don't know, but it feels like the deserving and worthiness of my career and allowing it to unfold and trusting that it'll be fine and trusting that I deserve to have what I want, that feels very naturally natural to me. That has not been as elusive or like the fear of the deserving and worthiness. Now, I see this with a lot of clients that they have a ton of fear of who am I to deserve to have what I want and have the abundance that I want and all of those things. It's actually more common for me to meet people that have those types of blocks and feelings of unworthiness and that they need to deserve and earn abundance and financial freedom and time freedom. But for me, as you guys know, I'm very honest with you, that's not been the bigger struggle for me. Those beanbags... Some of them maybe came up in my early career since I've never had a day job and I went through the recession in the US in the early 2008 era. Like since I went through all of that and I trusted my intuition the entire way, I just kind of feel like that was either done at an earlier age or other lifetimes. Like it just might've been sorted out a bit sooner. However, the relationship one, I think still had some junk in the trunk that I was releasing and I had no idea so much was there. And honestly, I don't know about the, in a true deep way. I mean, every inner channel says, you know, that there are multiple lives. So do the inner voices of the people I work with. So I'm going to bet there are multiple lives and that consciousness always exists because that's what I always hear about from inner voices that I work with all over the world and the channels that I love learning from. But it just feels like at this stage, if there is some type of life of realization, that there might be more than just this lifetime coming forth to be integrated. And even though I don't think that means we need to go diving into our past histories of every lifetime, there just might be more stuff that's getting integrated on some level or another within it. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it does kind of feel at one point I was just like, how much stuff do I have? (laughs) I've only 35. I had two peaceful relationships. Like it wasn't like my marriage was, my marriage was fine of like very few beanbags from that but just like from childhood and then from high school and from college but I mean really I had a pretty mundane life so I was just wondering how on earth could I have this much deserving and worthiness from this single life alone you got me I don't know but either way I was going through them and releasing them and more and more would come up but one of the gifts was that that guy I was dating at the time even though he understood what was happening he wasn't going through an experience so intensely in such a short period of time so it kind of brought my awareness to not get too stuck in the healing modality perception of reality like a lot of people on the journey they do hit this point where there's integration The way I like to think about it is the integration through towards realization to realizing that you are creating your own reality and that you are completely, imminently deserving and worthy of everything you want because you are the creator of your own reality. So of course you deserve everything you want. You're the creator of your reality. That would be like saying to a Sims person playing the Sims game, that old game where you played humans on a computer game, that'd be like telling someone, no, you can't build the biggest mansion you want. You can't have all the little digital clothes you want to put on your sim. You can't have the hair color you want. That's like absurd. Of course, the sims creator, the person playing the game could do that because they're the creator of that game. But while we're in this weird hybrid 
pre-realization sense, the human mind holds all of these bean bags, those emotional wounds and traumas from the past, whether it's this life or others, who knows? But when you're going through and releasing all of those, the way I think of it is like integration is like over potentially this lifetime or maybe others too, it's like a braid, a hair braid gets really pulled and tossed around. Like you're pulling all the hairs out. So imagine if you messed up a braid and all the little fibers, all the little individual hairs were pulled out of the weaving of the braid. Now there's any number of analogies I could come up with to explain this. So don't get too stuck on hair. The point isn't really hair at all. But what it feels like is the integration is kind of like gently tucking those hairs back into the braid, putting it back back into the integration of the braid and the pattern that we are. So it's kind of like living life is a bit of the disarray. And as we go through from the mind limited lack perception, we're just kind of creating aspects of ourselves that are chaotic and trying to control and they're trying to be deserving and they're trying to be worthy and they're trying, 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 effort, 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 all from the mind level. And all of that is what we need to release and all those emotional traumas, just pull these little hairs out of the braid. And so maybe we start in a similar kind of like beautiful pattern, let's say like a braid. And as life happens, the mind and the way it holds on to the pain body, as Eckhart would call it, or the emotional little wounds when we're young, we don't don't know what's going on and our parents, you know, kind of teach us and without realizing it, they kind of teach us not to feel all the emotions. So then we're, you know, stuffing these emotions down. Poor boys, men in the world, especially in historical context, have not been able to have every range of emotion in our society. They have to be strong. And yes, they can be angry, but can they be weak and vulnerable and humiliated? No, those emotions were not as allowed in our society, but that wasn't meaning that they weren't being felt. And when they weren't experienced in the fullness in that moment and then therefore released, it's like pulling a little piece of hair out of the braid. And so all of this stuff and going through as I was in this, you know, most of 2019 was putting those little pieces in braids, putting the hairs back into the braid, reintegrating everything into the wholeness of the pattern of that which I am. And as I go through that, that is what's clearing and releasing and clearing and releasing all of the things that are perceptions of lack and not enoughness. And as that comes into the wholeness and all the old perceptions are released, that's how the maturation of things goes forward and goes into realization. That's the best I can explain it from my human perception so far without having yet gone through it. But from everything I've learned from channels and enlightened people, that seems to be a part of the phase. And in that, like I was saying, a lot of people are entering that or in it very heavily. And there's a lot of people because of that becoming a more popular stage in spiritual journey. And I don't, I don't even want to call it spiritual journey. In the evolution of consciousness journey, a lot of the spiritual industry, let's, I don't want to call it industry, but you know what I mean? In the spiritual realm and the people that are into that, there can become this extreme focus on the integration and the releasing and the purging. I'm sure if you're in that field, you know what I'm talking about. And that's good. There is a space for that. There's a place for that. But for me, the gift that I had with that guy that I was dating is that he wasn't going through it as intensely. And so he was kind of this beautiful, again, to this whole idea of the flow of my journey with this. He looked at me and saw me going through it, probably wasn't super attracted to it, but I at least wasn't projecting it on him. I knew none of this had to do with him. It was my own deeper fears and worries and concerns about worthiness and deservingness around love. 
But seeing him not be all about it helped me have a lens outside of my own experience of it showing up so often in my own life. I would have sometimes one to five of those emotional beanbags of triggers a day. And it was not even around him. It was just my mind releasing, releasing like a soda, like a club soda, all the bubbles coming up to the surface of the water and then bursting. It was just coming up like crazy. But this was all necessary. Like I said, this is a part of the journey. And of course, I am really excited about this journey myself. I'm excited to experience this. So my soul did not hold back. I went through it in a very intense period for about that year. But as I watched him, he wasn't attached to it and wasn't like swimming in it the way I was. And so that helped me have the awareness to not get stuck in it either, to not stay stuck in just beanbag releasing sessions, not just to stay into the emotional releasing. Now, yes, it still, of course, has a huge place in the journey. I definitely still use it when I do client sessions as well. But in a way, being around him helped me and gave me the inspiration to even go forward. Now, he didn't tell me anything directly. This was just all through the felt experience of me in that situation. But over time, I did evolve the sessions and they became two-hour inner voice sessions. Yes, sometimes the beanbags would come up in the client and I would work with them whenever they happened. But what I eventually pivoted into was really focusing on spending two hours with a client who would stay in their inner voice for that entire period of time. And that was amazing because then it gave me, instead of meditating and trying to think or not thinking any thoughts, this gave me a chance to be with enlightened consciousness all the time, two to four hours a day, whenever I felt like it, through normal people. In fact, one of those people was Annie Francoeur. When she did the session with me one fateful day in August of last year, we got her into the state and all of a sudden the collective popped out, which was amazing. And yes, every now and then I probably had three or four people that legitimately channeled like Abraham Hicks or the collective, like a really different entity. And then everyone else always got into their own essence within themselves. So it was just an amazing experience. And of course, even just finding the collective themselves was an amazing gift that came out of this inner voice session stuff. But again, look at the journey and the flow and the surrender of all of this. I don't feel like sharing on the show. I'm going through a lot of personal stuff, so this is kind of a nice time for me to be with me and not have to be out there for anyone else. This is a time for me to be facing on integrating all of these old fears and unworthiness feelings that I had previously held without realizing it. I step away from the work, trusting it'll be fine, having no idea what is actually going to happen next. I do the inner voice sessions a little bit for the cash, but also just to have something to do with my daytime hours in life. I did them when they felt right. I didn't stay in the same session. They kind of evolved over time too, based on my situation. And in the sessions themselves, I kind of created without even trying, but just by doing them over and over again, the rapidity of it, doing it again and again, actually I developed different ways of doing it and that evolved itself. So I started to create a process just because I was repeating the same thing and helping people. It became this playground where I got to practice and evolve the way that I would do the sessions. So it was all cultivated and became a process and it became a really fun experience. I met entities like The Collective through Annie. So many good things happened. And then over the time, it started to feel a little bit repetitive. All the way, let's say that this all leads up to the fall of last year. 
then I think, okay, could we come back to the show? I come back channeling myself, the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo voice, you guys call it, or the Dr. Susie sounding thing that comes through me when I channel. And then the collective was fun to bring to you guys as well. And now I'm doing these little flow diaries. So I am sort of popping in and out, but just as like a sister on the path, just as someone doing the, you know, living this life and doing it from the human mind's perspective most of the time still as well, but allowing the mind to take a backseat to the flow of life and surrendering, surrendering, into what comes next. So here I am still doing it. The show's now back, but I'm still doing the client sessions again, mostly because I just want to have something to do with my time. So I just, whenever it felt appropriate, whenever I felt like doing it and had the space in my schedule, even in Cape Town, right before coming to Bali, I would open up these sessions and then I would share an Instagram stories. I wasn't doing any marketing. I'd barely even do anything. I would just say, if you want to do it and your intuition feels like it's a fit, I trusted that, especially for two hour sessions of your inner voice, like this is a really intense experience. People were comparing it to psychedelic experiences they'd had or would have because it's that powerful. Like you don't need any outside factor to help you get to this place in yourself, especially if you have the level of awareness that your inner voice says this is right for you. If it is saying that, you will have a profound experience because you're already aware and open enough to get that from yourself, if you can get that and it says yes, you will have an incredible experience. So I barely promoted them because I just trusted the energy would show up and I trusted they would do it in the easiest way for me possible, which was just saying on Instagram stories, go sign up if you want to. However, right before I was getting to Bali, actually the day I bought the ticket to Bali, but weeks leading up to that day I bought the ticket to Bali, I noticed a slowdown in the openings being filled. And I saw a few messages coming in saying, could I get a payment plan or could I have a price adjustment? Because they were, you know, maybe like in college or something like that. Now, I knew my own alignment was not to change the way I had been doing it before because I trust and I feel so worthy of the value I'm providing. I'm not worried about that at all. But at the same time, I noticed that and I noticed the slowdown and I just noticed it. I didn't freak out. I didn't worry about it. In fact, in other weeks when I would put out sessions, some of them would book out completely and sometimes it'd be very few would book in. And then I would notice as the week played out that things happened instead in my own personal life that worked out perfectly to fill that time. So I really, really developed this beautiful, beautiful trust that the money would show up when it needed to, that the people would show up when they were needed to. And if they didn't show up one week or for one day or for whatever, that that was actually in the benefit of my own life. I just didn't know why yet. So here I am in Cape Town debating whether or not to fly to Bali early or to stay for the extra three weeks that had been planned. Do I stay or do I go? Well, I put out a ton of inner voice sessions just thinking if I'm going to have three weeks in Cape Town and I'm kind of bored, I'll just fill up my time doing inner voice sessions. But this is one of those times when I opened up a flood of sessions and got very few scheduled. I think I had one scheduled out of maybe the 12 that I put out there as available. Now, of course, many minds could think, well, Jess, you're just putting these on Insta stories. (laughs) Like you're getting the smallest population of your audience. You're not putting on the podcast. You're not putting it into email blasts. You're not even rarely even putting into a square on Instagram, like you are really seriously limiting the potential pool. Maybe you just ran through your audience. You could think that from the mind. And yes, if my inner being told me to do one of those other things, I could have, but I was so trusting and I was so allowing that I was just like, nope, this is the easiest thing. This is the price I want to do it for. These are the times. And also these were, by the way, in the middle of the night, American time. So God bless those people that got up in the middle of the night and worked with me then. 
this is the alignment for me. Do you see that? This is the flow and the path of least resistance, but also the allowing. So there's kind of this interesting mix of like knowing my inherent deserving and worthiness and at the same time flowing and surrendering and letting go and not being worried from the mind about the what ifs. So I kept doing this and then I'm looking at this Bali thing. Actually, no, it was right before the Bali thing. We had a collective collective call. So the collective collective, for those that aren't familiar, is the group of humans that enjoys the collective group of entities that we have here on the show. And we're doing this three-month little series where every other week we're doing private calls where people in the collective collective are asking questions to the collective themselves on different topics. And we're getting the collective's points of view. It's amazing and so fun. And in the beginning of each call, I chat with the group on the call live before the collective and Annie start channeling. So in this one fateful call, the group is chatting and there's about 50, 55 people in the collective collective at the moment. And 43 of those 55 are online in the live calls. It's so cool because they get to share with each other, share in the energy live. It's just a really special experience and a very high turnout rate, much higher than many online classes like that. But it's cool and it's fun and everyone was, or most people were there and they were chatting in the chat box and they were saying to each other or to me, I forget exactly who was saying what, but the idea came out or was said that they were doing inner voice work and channeling with each other, which was totally a part of the collective collective as well, that the people could meet each other that were also aligned to the collective and they could start doing this with each other. And they said they were doing inner voice work. And I, on the call in the video thing, just said to them out loud, would you guys want me to do a training on how to do the inner voice work that I've been doing with people? And immediately in like 30 seconds, 30 people out of 43 typed in yes, most of them in all caps in the chat box. Now I've been coaching for 10 years online. So I have seen that chat box for 10 years of my coaching. I had never seen, especially for such a small sample size, such an immediate response. It was like, I was like, do you want a million dollars? Like they were going to type in yes. Like if they were the first one to say yes, they would get the million dollars. It was that kind of immediate energy. I was really amazed by that immediate response. So it gave me an interest after the call and after the coaching with the collective collective was done to go on Insta stories and again, ask there, would you guys want me to do facilitator training on how I do the inner voice work that I've been doing the one-on-one sessions and go as deep and just give you guys everything I know about the inner voice and working with clients so that you can do this for yourself and have your own business model out of it or add it to your coaching for whatever modality that you specialize in, whether you're a business coach or nutritionist, whatever. Oh, by the way, when I did the poll, there was 80 to 82% said yes to that even on the Insta story. So I was like, all right, there is definitely a lot of interest in this. And alongside of all of this, on a tangential thread, our team was going under a new transition. VK, who's been with us for five years, is kind of the queen of all things. She's the manager of our ship. She is going into a new direction professionally. So she was on her way to finding the new person that was going to fill her role on our team right as all of this was happening. And one of the funny things when I was chatting with VK about what qualities we would look for for the next person as she was going to do the interviews and actually do the process for finding that replacement for her I said to her, you know, if we scaled this up again, because I kind of obviously took a huge backseat to everything and just let everything really slow down while I slowed down during the podcast break last year, I said to her kind of casually way before the whole moment about the facilitator training idea came up. So this is weeks before that. But alongside this, I said, 
are we capable? I mean, you, she's done such a good job building our systems through our team. I said, are we capable with someone to scale it up to being, let's say, double what it was in 2018, which was quite large? And she said, yeah, the only thing I think you could change or add at that scale, she said, was a community manager, someone that was there that was a bit more actively engaging in the community itself, not just running the team lively. And I thought that was a great idea. And I said, I don't think we need to actually wait until the company has grown to that size or if it ever does. I think we can add that facility, that capacity of the person who is the new VK to also monitor and be a part of the community in that direct way that we haven't had before. So that went into her search for her replacement. And then when we found her, Michaela, thank you so much. She's listening to this, hopefully, or I don't even care if she is, but if she is, hello, Michaela, thank you so much is the amazing new person that's going to be this team lively leader, but also the community manager as well. That's going to be someone that people will know in a more direct way themselves. So along with this whole inner voice facilitator training idea that just pops in at the perfect time. And remember when I said earlier that the sessions didn't book out and that people are asking for payment plans or people were coming from different like college student budgets and that kind of thing. All of that was also perfect for me to see. A, going to Bali was then feasible because all the sessions weren't booked. So I had the capacity to relocate to another side of the world and get used to the whole new living in Bali thing without doing client sessions constantly. So that allowed that. But also seeing this whole idea of facilitator training showed me that everyone's going to be able, as they become facilitator trained, to choose a different price point. They don't have to choose the same one that I chose. They could if they want to, but they don't have to. So that could broaden the cost of the experience more. And also like payment plans could be an option for certain facilitators that want to choose to do it that way. So it was also kind of cool to see that my own schedule flowed with it and the opportunity for this to go much broader than just me doing this alone, one-on-one with people. It's just like awesome. And the other fun, amazing thing aside of it all is that I've got the foundation, the Lively Community Foundation, which you guys may know about. We have the Emotional Wellbeing Brigade where we're giving out grants to do RTT training and giving free RTT for those that have had trauma experiences. So we have this amazing connection to this amazing modality called RTT with Marissa Peer, who I know personally and who I have taken her own training. So we also have this amazing connection to an amazing and totally different but yet complementary. They're totally separate modalities. One is getting you to answers within yourself. The other one is hypnotherapy that can do all range of different things. They're kind of like sisters, but definitely not twins in any way. But it's just kind of cool to see like, yeah, we're already kind of aligned to this next phase, but in our own way. So it's been really, really cool. And also the idea now is evolving and developing and deepening with all of this, that if this all does flow, that we can also use the faculty of the foundation to help those that are getting facilitator training to get practice and to get certified by doing free inner voice sessions through the foundation. So there's this beautiful infinity loop that's kind of forming back and forth between the live 
Lively company, the Just Lively Creative company, where the people will get trained and facilitator trained. Those people will then go over to the foundation to get their certification. They'll do those free sessions for people that need it, that can't maybe afford it. And that'll help them with their foundation certification. And then that money, by the way, like as you guys may know, 10% of all the revenue for Team Lively goes into the foundation. So that's going into helping give more grants out to more people and helping the team actually run the foundation and all of that sort of stuff. So there's this amazing ecosystem that is forming where someone may be a facilitator on one thing, like maybe they become an inner voice facilitator, so they invest in that. And then they may go do free sessions. So they may give free sessions in order to get certified and to get that practice that they need so they know what they're doing when they go out into the real world to do it. And then they also may get, let's say, for example, free RTT through the Wellbeing Brigade. And that Wellbeing Brigade's giving out grants so that other people can get certified It's so neat to see the weaving back and forth, back and forth, the giving, the receiving of this little ecosystem that is all around the well-being of the world, recognizing itself within itself. So yes, in terms of how this is now, so once the idea came in, then it was more about the creativity. For me, it's really, even though I did have this fun year, And I can thank the guy from Sydney, by the way, that didn't work out because I love attraction and had way too many fears to have that continue. But that actually did get me to Sydney. It got me to the opportunity to rent the Detroit property. I then still was baffled by my mind, like going, why on earth did I have the place in Detroit in the first place if I was only going to be there for four months? And my inner voice was like, well, you needed a place to live. And it's true. For four months, I did need a place to live. I wanted to invest some money. I got to do both of those things. And the inner voice said it would take care of itself, and it has. It's being used by a wonderful person that's really appreciating it, and it's providing well-being for me as well. Even Detroit at the moment, that place and all of that has even become this beautiful investment that I never would have made otherwise. But because I didn't know what was happening from my mind, it turned out to work in my favor. So yeah, Sydney worked out. I now want to go back to Sydney, but for myself, I have the inner voice sessions and that's the coolest thing. So now that we go into the training and we see if this flows and I'm still in the, and we see if this flows. Like right now, that just feels so good. I can see the three different groups of people that will most likely want to take it. And I can tell you a little bit more about that in a second, but let me just like circle to this point and say, where did this all begin? In a sense, Well, it depends where you want to pick the point about dating the guy in Sydney or the guy from Detroit, where I knew I didn't want to have to go through all of that publicly. That's me giving compassion and space to myself to follow my own best alignment and best feeling is what gave me, well, what do I do with that? Oh, I go, I guess I'll do some sessions. And then the sessions gave me the inspiration for this process. And then in doing that, I met the collective. And in doing that, the collective collective formed. And in doing that, they wanted to get trained themselves. So it wasn't like I ever a year ago said, I should figure out a process and then I should teach other people to do it. I should do this for a year and I should do this many sessions and then I should do this and then I should do that. That would have been an entire year of work. Instead, I had almost an entire year of sabbatical 
because I wasn't doing it to work. I was doing it because I didn't want to meditate or watch TV all the time or just walk around all the time. I mean, you guys know if you follow my Insta stories, I drink enough coffee and green juice for the world (laughs) in cafes. And I still did all of that. I still did all of that. And I did the sessions when it flowed. So it was this beautiful thing that also happened. I watched in C school. C school was the consciousness school around the subconscious that I did a few years back. I spent three years spending five to six hours a day, six days a week studying while I traveled alone. And I was fascinated by learning everything I could about the law of attraction and the subconscious and the mind and neurology. I could not be stopped. It was the most aligning thing I could possibly do. And I would have kept doing that, let's say last year, if that was still aligning for me, but it wasn't. That's why I did the inner voice stuff this time. But those previous three years where I was studying all the time became the playground, the content that I I used to create C-School with. But had I known I was going to create C-School in the first place, I would have been working those three years instead of in what I called alignment time those three years. So it's been amazing to see that just by following the highest joy that I can feel in each moment, whether it was something like reading and studying all that time before, or even this time it was like, screw books and studying. I didn't read a book last year. I just reread The Power of Now once or twice. That was it. I didn't do anything in terms of quote unquote studying. I just wanted to have deep experience in myself of my inner voice and my deeper sense of awareness beyond the mind. And then I said, well, I can do that with other people too. So that became my driving thing. I wanted to think less, not study more. But even out of that, came this new thing. And what's cool is I've always personally in my own profession up to this point, aside from the podcasting with you guys in this format, always loved teaching. I always felt more of like a one-to-many type of teacher more than a coach, although my career technically did start in coaching as well through business coaching about 10 years ago. So around that period of time, I did coach briefly, and that was my first foray into helping people in a paid context. But then the teaching in the classes really is where I felt my most magical. I felt my most sparkly self. Like that's where I love being. And I took this break and I took this year and I didn't do it to become a coach. And also I didn't have any resistance to doing it. That was just the most fun thing to do in that context. I didn't really want to teach anymore because I also felt like there wasn't anything more I could teach you because I kind of hit the end of the line about the mind and the subconscious. Once you get to there, you kind of just want to go past it all. So there was no more classes I could imagine teaching. The collective collective is cool to me because it's beyond the mind because the collective is beyond minds. So that's still kind of aligned to that. But this facilitator training is so cool because it's such a new fun, I wouldn't say challenge, like a new fun chapter for me to teach teach teachers. Hell yeah, I can teach teachers. I don't know exactly how to teach teachers yet, but I know that I could and I know that that could be fun. And I know that I love teaching. I know that that's natural for me. And so I just get to figure out the piece that I'm not yet familiar with and how we're uncovering that is going so well too, is the certification process. And actually one of the people in the collective collective messaged me on Instagram afterwards and said, hey, by the way, I certify and do certification trainings. Like that's my specialty. So I was like, great. Well, then I'll just have you as an advisor hire you as an advisor for that specific piece of it so I can make sure we're using best practices and I don't have to reinvent a wheel. I can help with that alignment. So it's been amazing 
If you guys are curious about this, there's kind of three types of people I could imagine coming and being interested in this. Of course, you're going to have to ask your inner voice if this is something you want to do. But if it is, I imagine there's kind of going to be three buckets of people, maybe more than I can even imagine. But the type of like person that goes to yoga teacher training, not just like me, I became an RTT certified hypnotherapist, but I never did a paid session in my life, nor did I ever plan to. I just wanted to know as much as I could about the subconscious and the mind and how hypnotherapy worked. And I found it fascinating and so aligning and fun to do it myself. And actually that alignment also gave me the experience of knowing it inside and out. So when I then did the foundation and wanted to do a modality support, I knew because I'd already been exposed personally to the training, what these people I'd be giving grants to would be experiencing and then doing in the future. So that depth of connection was really powerful for me, even though it wasn't planned in that way. But I was one of those people that was just voraciously wanting to learn everything I could. So some people will be passionate, like going to yoga training or RTT training, like I did, just for their own well-being or to do it for their friends and family, and also, of course, for themselves. So some people will do inner voice facilitator training for that reason, I would say. Another one is the people that want to do the coaching. They want to actually do those two-hour sessions that I've been doing, and they want to be certified, and they want to be listed on our website, and they want to be able to get business from our platform through us. We'll share that just like Marissa has the find a therapist thing for RTT. We'll have a find a facilitator thing on JessLively.com so you can go and find someone to work with. If you want to get an inner voice facilitator to help you have this amazing semi-quasi psychedelic experience within yourself just through your breath and your inner voice, you can do so and we'll have all these people that are trained and ready to help you in so many places wherever you guys are that sign up and want to do this on that page so you can find and connect to each other. And then the third group of people I'm very excited about as well will be coaches of other modalities. Like I myself started doing inner voice work. I've actually been one of these types of people in each of these three buckets. Yes, for RTT, I was that passionate learner that just wanted to know as much as possible with no visions of doing this professionally. So I've been that bucket. I've also done the sessions paid for the last year. So I've been that bucket with 240 hours under my belt of enlightened consciousness. And the coolest thing for those that do that one, oh my goodness, do you learn as the facilitator? I was amazed because every day I would be learning more about consciousness through people's inner voices. Because you have two to four hours or however often you do these a day or week to talk to enlightenment through normal people. So I was constantly learning and being able to apply what the inner voices told the client. I could apply that to my own life as well. So it is amazingly I mean, talk about like, if you want a professional inner voice, like you want to talk to channels all day, do these sessions because you're talking to enlightened consciousness through average. Normal people are able to do this. If their inner voices are aligning them to doing the sessions in the first place, they're able to do this. If their inner voice can say yes to that, then they can get through the rest. And so it just was amazing. The amount of perception change I was able to have personally through all the sessions blew me away and was a huge benefit to my own realization and awakening. So that's awesome for those to do it in that more dedicated format. But then that third bucket, I've also been you. When I started doing inner voice sessions was 10 years ago. Even though the last year I've done the two-hour sessions, I've been doing inner voice work coaching and teaching for 10 years, starting with my business coaching days. When I was a business coach, people would want to pay me, and I'll tell you guys a bit more about this later, but when we actually get ready to do this. But let me just say that like when people would pay me all this money to work with me, 
I could tell they would like come with, let's say, five business ideas. At the time, they weren't sure which one they wanted to start with. A lot of times that was a type of client I would get. And I could tell their mind wanted to talk to Jess Constable at the time because I was not even married yet wanted to do this um, hour-long chat with Jess about what ideas they have and what Jess thinks that they should do. And they wanted me to tell them at the end, you should do number three out of the five choices. And they would have happily paid the money for that. But my love and care for them was bigger than that. I was thinking, wait, I don't want to give them my mind's regurgitation. I want to give them the very best use of their money possible and their time possible. So I said, we could do that or we can spend five minutes in the beginning talking about which concepts and ideas they had. And then I get them in their inner voice and then we would go from there. So then we'd spend the rest of the time with the inner voice going into all the aspects. So it's amazing to know how to do this at the deepest level for your clients as a coach of another modality. And honestly, I think it could revolutionize revolutionize so many places because when the coaches from let's say physical wellness or personal training or dietitians or business coaches those modalities often currently are still at the level of the mind in terms of the process and the implementation. So the ideas and the problems assessed are from the mind's perspective and then the results and the answers are usually, in many cases, not all, ascribed through from the mind. So there's all this mind stuff still happening. But for those that do feel like there is something they want to go deeper with their clients and they want to go to the inner voice for this, I'm going to give you guys everything I know so that you can apply this to all of the modalities that you have and really up-level this, whatever it is for you, whether it's business coaching or dietitians or personal training, whatever it is, let's go deeper than just the mind processes and modalities. Let's start merging with consciousness in those areas too and see what happens. I have some theories on this, but I'm so excited to work with coaches that start applying it in these realms so we can really move consciousness and coaching forward in our society. So anyways, as you can tell, I'm super excited about all of this. And it was through a year of, well, I mean, the beanbag releasing in my personal life wasn't so fun, but through fun, through doing what I felt like doing at the time has led to all of these new fun things that we can now do together. Alongside of all of this, I have this new idea to do a new website and a new look for JessLively.com, which I'm very excited about. We're working with a web designer who showed up on our doorstep one day because she took a quote from the collective episode we did early on in the season seven and she made it so pretty and then I could see it through Instagram because she tagged me and credited us for where the source of the quote came from. But she did such a good job with the branding of it, the style that she made the quote image that I wanted to work with her on some pieces we did for the Lively show early on. But now I'm excited because she actually has the capacity to work with us in a deeper way here on the website and giving a new look to all of this that goes along with this next chapter. So again, as I said, these are all the nitty gritty details of the personal life and how all of this has happened. And as you can tell, my mind had no idea and it never had to really work, quote unquote, a day of the year because it really felt like it was taking a sabbatical, taking a huge step back. But it really, it was all just different things creating a totally new form. The podcast came back through this because of the collective and Annie and then me finding out I could do it too. And then also the training came through the collective collective and the people asking for it. And so we're just going to keep moving forward. The first plan of action, if you're curious on this from like what I see in terms of if it flows If you have done an inner voice session with me already, if you've been one of those 125 or so people that have worked with me in the two-hour sessions thus far, 
you'll be getting an email in the next few weeks. Once I have a place I can land and be a bit more focused, I want to work with the people that are interested from that group, the inner voices that want to work with me, to do an early beta group through this training process and get it into practice in an easy, simple, small way first. And then after that, we'll have those people, if they choose and they want to, they can elect to become student teachers for the bigger, broader opening to the facilitator training. So I'll be able to have a crew of squad leaders that want to be able to help facilitate this and help give more direct feedback and engagement with those that are going through this because I want this to be a really fun and amazing process for everyone that goes through it. And this will be, the student teachers will be a big piece of that, the squad leaders, so that we can have smaller groups within the larger group getting certified that will be able to have that more intimate connection and have meetups and so forth. And then once that smaller group is trained, we'll get that to the larger context. If you guys are interested, we don't even have a page yet set for this, but you know what you could do if you feel like it and you want to get on the email list because you want to know when we do the bigger launch for this, if you're like intuition's jumping up and down, if that's feeling that way and you were like, I want to know as soon as possible. Well, I think the easiest weird way, I'm going to flood the inbox, Michaela and VK. I love you guys. <laughs> but I think the easiest way at the moment, since I'm doing this spur of the moment with you here, literally on the microphone, go to Jess at Jess Lively. So email that and put IVFT in the title of your email. And you, if you want to put a message, you can, but you don't have to. I'm not going to answer them, just know that, but we're going to use that because that's our general inbox. We'll just put all the people that put IVFT, Inner Voice Facilitator Training, in the subject line. So you don't even have to write something in the copy if you don't want to. But just put that on the subject line and then we'll collect all of those email addresses that we get and we'll send out an email to you as soon as we have the training you know, set up so that the first group can sign up. So if you're that excited, like I'm feeling, <laughs> you can go do that and we'll put you on the first email list. You'll be the first to know about when this is all happening. And like I said, if you're already one of the 125 that have worked with me in the last year, you'll be getting an email because we've already got your email. So you'll get one from me personally, just letting you know that you can do the teacher training if you're interested. But yeah, so this is an example of how it's flowing. Now that said, None of this has actually happened yet. So you're seeing how also as much as this is unfolding and is so exciting and fun and it's just you're also kind of seeing me watch it at the same time, right? If it flows, if this is something you guys are interested in, if this works out. And at the same time, I'll also give you one other thing that I noticed that is, I think, a really important element to highlight. So there's kind of two levels. One, my mind like relaxes and says, if it flows, like that whole question of would you guys want this in the collective collective? And then seeing the overwhelming response was like, whoa, I wasn't pushing them with the idea from my mind and seeing if they wanted it and selling it to them. They were talking about it. And then I just reflected it back to them in a form of a question. And the result was really... <laughs> <laughs> amazingly energized. And the same was with the Instagram question. I did pose it to them for sure. I even got comments and Instagram messages back to me saying, Jess, I've been waiting for you to do this forever. I want to do facilitated training. I want this to be a part of my business or be my business, whatever it is for you. So it's been so cool to see that this was in the energy of the community. And so it also happens to align with my feeling on it. It's been so fun to develop the process. It's been such an exploration. I have loved every hour I've spent with the inner voices of people. But at the same time, I'm pretty darn excited to kind of just 
teach teachers. Yes, you guys could do this. You guys can facilitate this. I'm going to give you everything I know, just like Marissa did with RTT. She developed the process through her own approach to hypnotherapy in her case. For me, I didn't even have any training. There's nothing like this. I just figured this out over the last 10 years myself. But this is just so exciting for me to do because I also know with you guys doing this and all the different places and spaces that you're in, whether you're doing the sessions for two hours for new people or whether you are taking it to the clergy or you're doing it in coaching or whether you're doing it in business, wherever you're going to take it, how amazing that we're going to deepen our level of awareness and consciousness and well-being to all of these other places and spaces that have previously just been more mental. How cool is that? So anyway, as you guys see, there's that element me flowing with it. It feels fun to me to do right now. If it didn't feel fun, I would not be doing it, but it does. And also, I don't know what the ultimate feedback will be. So I also check my mind. So I want to feel that there's a good amount of energy, especially I really always check into the energy within the group, but also myself. Is it lining up? Am I excited to show up? And then I let the mind step back from any numbers or any expectations of what it should become. So if my mind, for example, wanted, let's say 200 facilitators as just a random number to join, and let's say we get 60. Now to some minds, that could be such a different disappointing number from the expected mind. But I can tell you that's the other element that I think think is it's just so clear and I just want to share that it just is like show up fully for the 60 as long as the energy within myself and the energy feels good emotionally whatever the number becomes show up fully for the number that it is and allow it to take the shape that it's naturally meant to take as you go if that makes sense So it's like showing up fully, whether it's 200, 400, 800, or 60, or 40, or 30, or 20, whatever it is, show up for it fully. So as long as the energy is lined up, show up with whatever it becomes. It doesn't mean try harder or push more or anything. It just means show up, tell you guys about it just like I have, even though right now, as you can see also, if you were doing this in a marketing sense, you would not be saying, hey, email our team and let's flood them with emails. You'd have a page formed up. You'd already have a sign up and all that kind of stuff. But you don't even need to do that. You guys, it's so fun to just flow with things and see where it goes. So yeah, that's my thought for you today. This is where we are right now. You'll see it take shape over the coming weeks or months. And I'm very easy to flow with it any direction it takes. So this is just as far as I know so far. But yeah, I'm excited to share this with you guys and just help you guys take it to a broader place than I could on my own. It's cool now that this can be a place and anchor for it, but you guys can take it to all the places you are on the ends of the earth because you guys are all over. I've worked with inner voice clients all over the world. And it's so cool to think that the facilitators for this work may also be all over the world, to have consciousness lighting up in so many places and spaces. And the fact that all of this for me has been done online, audio only, means that everyone else that's doing this as well has the same capacity to do it that way too. So you truly can reach the entire world yourself. And you'll also have the benefits of, like I've said, the personal journey I've had in my own awareness expanding through all the points of view and the consciousness coming through. It's just so magical to be able to talk to enlightenment so much of your week. So anyways, thank you guys for listening to this. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.